The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, April 22nd, 2022. Coming up this hour. The U.S. sends another $1.3 billion in aid to Ukraine. Fed Chair Jay Powell rattles the markets, hinting two half-point rate hikes may be needed. And new developments this morning in Elon Musk's pursuit of Twitter. More on the arrest of a man and the murder of a Queens woman, plus Florida's legislature approves a measure to take away Disney's self-governance privileges. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanchel in sports. The Mets won. The Yankees were shut out. The Rangers beat the Islanders. And the road teams won in the NBA playoffs. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good Friday morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 8 points. Dow futures down 65, and NASDAQ futures down 18. The DAX in Germany is down one and a third percent Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds, yield 2.94%. And the yield on the two-year, 2.75%. NYMEX crude oil down about 2%. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in just a minute. But first, we need to get you the latest on the war. The U.S. is sending another $1.3 billion in aid to Ukraine. 800 million of that will be weapons, including so-called ghost drones. We get the story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says ghosts will work well in Ukraine. In discussions with the Ukrainians, again, about their requirements, uh, we believed that uh, that this particular system uh, would very nicely suit um, their needs, particularly in eastern Ukraine. And President Biden says the military help is very large. The United States alone has provided 10 anti-armor systems for every one Russian tank that's in Ukraine. Biden says help is on the way. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you about those so-called ghost drones could be enough to take out a massive tank assault by Russia. And that's according to retired Brigadier General Mark Himmett. He says Ukraine still needs more. 
we may be overselling the capabilities of the artillery that we're sending in. That much artillery and that much ammunition is great, but it's not a silver bullet, and it's not going to change the tide of the war. Retired General Mark Kimmett spoke to our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. You can catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And we also caught up with former Secretary of State John Kerry. He says the U.S. and its allies have provided significant support. I think the reinforcement of efforts uh, in the Baltics, I think the movement by Finland and Sweden to consider being a part of NATO, etc., uh, all of those are very important measures. And hopefully we can do it in a way that still gives President Putin an off-ramp. And John Kerry, now Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, spoke with Bloomberg Television from the MIT Climate Grand Challenges event in Boston. And speaking of climate, Karen, today is Earth Day. President Biden is using it to sign an executive order aimed at protecting old-growth forests. Amy Morris has that story from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The federal government will inventory the old-growth forests on federal lands, analyze the threats, and create policies to reduce those risks. Last year's infrastructure bill allocated $8 billion in forest and land management funds, plus another $5.7 billion for wildfire management. This work will help them decide how best to spend that money. It will also require the government to increase seed collection and nursery capacity for replanting after a wildfire. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, turning to the economy, Fed Chair Jay Powell has outlined his most aggressive approach to taming inflation to date. He has potentially endorsed two or more half percentage point interest rate increases. It is appropriate, in my view, to be moving a little more quickly. And I, I also I also think there's something in the idea of front end loading whatever accommodation one thinks is appropriate. So so that does Close point that points there in the go. direction of, of 50 basis points being on the table. Certainly, we make these decisions at the meeting, and we'll make a meeting by meeting, but I would say that 50 basis points will be on the table for the May meeting. And Jay Powell and the Fed make their interest rate decision on May 4th. Well, that hawkish Powell tone, Karen, sent ripples through markets. The policy-sensitive two-year yield climbed to its highest level since late 2018. The Nasdaq wiped out an early 2% gain, only to drop 2%. The S&P 500 fell 1.5%. Amanda Agati, chief investment officer at PNC Asset Management, says the Fed is spooking investors. Uh, the one thing that keeps me up at night more than anything else is that the the Fed is fighting effectively the wrong battle. That is, they end up tightening uh, policy, whether in the form of interest rate increases or QT, way too aggressively to the point where that's what slows growth meaningfully. PNC Asset Management CIO Amanda Agati made the comments on Bloomberg Business Week. You can catch that program on Bloomberg Radio weekday afternoons at 2 p.m. Wall Street time. Well, Nathan, the yen is rising this morning. The move comes after the finance minister of Japan said he discussed recent abrupt moves in the currency with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. He said the two agreed to uphold existing foreign exchange rate agreements. And we'll talk live later this morning with Janet Yellen, and that's coming up at 1130 a.m. Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and television. Turning to corporate news this morning, Elon Musk's attempt to buy Twitter has gotten a lot more real. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Elon Musk said last week that $54.20 a share was his best and final offer to take Twitter private. Financing was not spelled out then, and it was hard to tell whether Musk would follow through with the offer. 
Until yesterday, when Musk announced in a filing that he secured $46.5 billion in funding, close to $26 billion of that would be debt financing from Morgan Stanley and other investment banks. And Musk is contributing $21 billion of his own money through equity financing. Bloomberg calculations show the financing Musk secured is about $9 billion more than what he would need to acquire the 91% of Twitter that he does not already own. And it signals that he might go higher. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Renita, thank you. And France has issued an international arrest warrant for the former head of Nissan and Renault, Carlos Ghosn. Four others are also being sought for allegedly helping Ghosn siphon millions from the French automaker Renault. Ghosn now lives in Lebanon after a daring escape from Japan where he faced charges of financial wrongdoing. Local headlines and sports up next. This is Bloomberg. Now 507 on Wall Street. We're uh, seeing a vehicle fire eastbound Route 80 near exit 225. We'll get the details on that in traffic in just a few minutes. First, Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The man arrested of the stabbing death of a queen's mother was arraigned late last night. Ursula Gall was found stuffed into a duffel bag blocks from her home in Forest Hills after she was stabbed almost 60 times. NYPD's chief of detectives, James Essex, says the suspect, David Benola, and the victim had an intimate relationship for over a year and had an argument at Gall's home Saturday night. A heated argument ensues between the two in the basement. A knife is brandished. A violent struggle ensues, resulting in our victim being stabbed Chief Essex says Benola, described as a handyman, faces charges of second-degree murder, criminal tampering, and possession of a weapon. A panel of New York appellate judges ruled that state Democrats engaged in gerrymandering when drawing new congressional district boundaries for the next decade. In a divided 3-2 ruling, the majority found the congressional map was unconstitutional. If upheld, the ruling would block the use of those district lines for the upcoming midterm elections in November. Florida's Republican-controlled legislature has cleared a measure to strip Disney of its self-governance privileges in the state, escalating a feud between Governor Ron DeSantis and the entertainment giant. The House approved the bill yesterday. It was passed by the Senate on Wednesday and now goes to DeSantis for his signature. Disney criticized a law critics called the Don't Say Gay measure. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy told other GOP lawmakers shortly after the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot that he would urge then-President Donald Trump to resign. That's according to an audio recording posted by the New York Times. The Times reports that the audio is a recording of a January 10th conversation among House GOP leaders in which they discussed the Democratic effort to remove Trump from office. The only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should be done. Earlier yesterday, after the Times published its initial story describing the conversation, McCarthy released a statement calling it totally false and wrong. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 
Almost 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good Friday morning, John Stanshaw. All right, Nathan, thanks. Miguel Cabrera, three hits Wednesday night. That got him to 2,999 for his career. So fairly decent crowd on hand for a matinee in Detroit. Chance to see Cabrera become the 33rd member of the 3,000 hit club. He went 0 for 3 against the Yankees. Jordan Montgomery had one more chance. Came up in the eighth inning with Detroit leading one to nothing. Aaron Boone walked Cabrera intentionally. That loaded the bases for Austin Meadows. Swinging a pop-up. Shallow left center. Will it drop? It will! Two runs are in, and Miguel Cabrera will make it over to third. Austin Meadows drops a pop-up into shallow left center. Two-run score, and the Tigers take a 3-0 lead. XYT in Detroit. The Tigers won 3-0. Tiger fans voiced their displeasure with Boone's decision, but the Tigers are home this weekend, so Cabrera should still be able to reach the milestone at home. Yankees come home 7-6, and six, shut out twice in their last four games. Mets are 10-4. and four. They've played four series. They've won them all. Took three of four from the Giants. A 6-2 win at City Field. Strong pitching from Carlos Carrasco. Home runs by Francisco Lindor and Eduardo Escobar. The UBS Arena, what a first period for the Rangers. Andrew Kopp, a first period hat trick. Rangers beat the Islanders 6-3, to three, so they didn't get a fourth straight shutout, but they didn't get a fourth straight win, and they remain two points behind Carolina. NBA playoffs, huge comeback by Memphis at Minnesota. Actually, two of them trailed by 26 Cut it to seven. Went back behind by 25. Grizzlies still won. Lead the series 2-1. Dallas won at Utah for a 2-1 lead. Golden State won at Denver. And the Warriors are up 3-0. John Stash, and we're Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thanks. Right now, S&P futures are down five points. Dow futures down 57. NASDAQ futures are lower by 10 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 10 30 seconds now with a yield 2.95%. The yield on the 30s, 2.95 as well. Yield on the two-year, 2.76%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by the New York Community Trust. Your name will live on as a champion of the causes you care about for years to come through a charitable bequest to the New York Community Trust. Learn more at philanthropist.nyc. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. Treasuries are tumbling and U.S. stock index futures are lower as investors weigh Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's willingness to embrace bigger rate hikes earlier in the tightening cycle. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down five points. Dow futures down 51. NASDAQ futures down about 10. The DAX in Germany is down one and a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds. Yield 2.95 percent. They yield on the two-year 2.6. 77%. NYMEX crude oil is falling down 2%, down $2.03 at $101.77 a barrel. COMEX gold down 2 tenths percent or $3.60 at $19.44.60 an ounce. The euro 1.0806 against the dollar. British pound 1.2895. The yen at 128.46. And Bitcoin this morning lower down 4 tenths percent at $40,455. American Express and Verizon are among companies scheduled to report earnings today. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. New satellite images show what appear to be mass graves near Mariupol in southern Ukraine. Local officials are accusing Russia of burying up to 9,000 civilians there in an effort to conceal the slaughter taking place in the siege of the port city.
Shanghai vowed to step up enforcement of lockdown measures to stamp out community spread in the country's worst virus outbreak. The city reported 11 COVID-19 deaths yesterday, its highest one-day toll so far. In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors beat the Nuggets 118-113 to take a commanding three games to zip lead in that series. In MLB, the Yankees, Red Sox, and Nationals lost. The Mets beat the Giants 6-2. The A's beat the Orioles 6-4. In the NHL, the Rangers beat the Islanders 6-3. The Devils and Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it's coming up to 520 on Wall Street. We want to get more now on the war. For that, we're joined by Mark Champion, Bloomberg News Senior Reporter for International Affairs. Mark, it's good to have you with us again this morning. And uh, as Michael Barr just mentioned, there is apparent evidence here of potentially more atrocities now centered on the uh, key southern port city of Mariupol. That's where a lot of the focus has been over the last few days. What do we know about the uh, status of the civilians and the troops that have been holed up in that steel plant in Mariupol for days now? Um, yeah, we, we basically know that the uh, the siege, which went on for uh, 52 days now, uh, is uh, over, more or less, except in the steel plant. Uh, and at the steel plant, you've got somewhere around 2,000 troops. Uh, around 500 of them are supposed to be injured. Um, and then you have uh, several hundred, up to 1,000 uh, civilians. The, the, that has now been closed off. Um, the, uh, President Putin uh, yesterday t- uh, told his uh, generals not to storm it um, and instead to seal it. Uh, and it's still being shelled, um, but uh, otherwise uh, the Russians are in control of the city. And, and the real concern of the Ukrainians, um, they've been saying this for a while, is that because they're in full control of the city, uh, because there's no independent media there, uh, they will be able to uh, cover up war crimes that may have been committed. They'll also be able to uh, try and shape evidence to suggest that uh, that the Ukrainians committed crimes. Uh, and, you know, th- this satellite image of, uh, you know, uh, mass graves, um, we knew there were mass graves already. This appears to be new. Um, and so the, 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 the Ukrainians have suggested that uh, they're basically the Russians are trying to bury evidence that they've brought in mobile crematoriums to burn bodies. Um, and uh, the, unfortunately, uh, none of this can be independently verified at the moment. Now, if the tide does turn the Russians' way and they do take full control of Mariupol, we do have more weapons shipments coming from the U.S. and allies to Ukraine. Is it going to be enough to give the Ukrainians a bit more of an advantage? Uh, that we, I mean, they will. It will give them more of an advantage um, in in the, their ability to hold off. Uh, an attack by a vastly uh, better equipped uh, military, which is the Russians. Um, but whether it will be enough to allow them to uh, really stop the assault or even turn it back, 
and return the Russians to where they were on February the 24th when the invasion began? That's a completely different question, and there are really several issues there. First of all, can it be done fast enough? Uh, the assault has already begun. Uh, secondly, uh, will it be the right stuff? Uh, you know, and that is changing the sort of qualitative nature of the weapons that are being sent is changing fairly quickly uh, to become much heavier. Um, and the third is, will there be enough in quantity? Uh, because this kind of camp, this is a full-sized war, um, and this kind of campaign uh, really does uh, burn up uh, munitions at an enormous rate. Now, we only have about a minute left here, Mark. What's the balance that the U.S. and allies need to strike here with the types of weapons that they are sending changing? What's the concern that that could be perceived by Russia as more of a direct conflict between Russia and the West? Well, you know, in their discussions and rhetoric in Moscow already, uh, you know, uh, it is basically being portrayed as a war not between Russia and Ukraine, but a war between Russia and NATO. Um, and that, you know, is on the, you know, one hand it's convenient for the Russians, um, but on the other, yes, there's a lot of concern that that, if that balance gets tipped too far, you had Olaf Scholz, the German Chancellor today, say we have to make sure that this does not become a war with NATO, a potential nuclear war. Mark Champion, Bloomberg News, as always, thanks for bringing us your insights. Bloomberg News Senior Reporter for International Affairs, Mark Champion, with us this morning. Looking ahead to the market open on this Friday, futures are moving lower. We have S&P futures now down 8 points, Dow futures down 65. NASDAQ futures are lower by 24 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 8.30 seconds. The yield 2.94%. Yield on the two-year right now, 2.75%. NYMEX crude down 1.6%. At $102.13 a barrel. Just ahead, the Fed turns more hawkish and Elon Musk lines up the financing for Twitter. We check your top stories of the morning next on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Sunshine mild today with a high near 70 degrees. Partly sunny, low 60s tomorrow. We'll be back near 70 Sunday under a mix of sun and clouds. Right now, 52 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the war in Ukraine, where Russia's invasion continues. President Biden announced the U.S. will send another $1.3 billion in additional aid. Retired Brigadier General Mark Kimmett tells Bloomberg's Joe Matthew that the ghost drones the U.S. is sending should give Ukraine an advantage. If they do have the capability to send out these suicide drones with Enough command and control keeping an eye on all this area. Those suicide drones could probably stop a pretty massive tank assault, which is, as I said, the biggest thing we're worried about in that section. 
And retired Brigadier General Mark Kimmett speaking with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Turning to the economy, Karen, Fed Chair Jay Powell yesterday outlined the Fed's plan for taming inflation. Our goal is to is to is to get demand use our tools to get demand and supply back in sync so that inflation moves down and do so without a slowdown that amounts to a recession. That's our goal. And I I don't think you'll hear anyone at the Fed say that that's going to be straightforward or easy. Fed Chair Jay Powell says a half percentage point hike is on the table at the FOMC meetings in early May. While reacting to Powell's comments, the Nasdaq and S&P are down. U.S. Treasuries tumbled and the dollar rose to its highest level since July 2020. Overseas, Karen, the yen is up after Japan and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen agreed to uphold existing foreign exchange rate agreements. Later today, Yellen joins us live at 11.30 a.m. Wall Street time for an interview on both Bloomberg Radio and Bloomberg Television. Well, in corporate news, Nathan, Elon Musk's pursuit of Twitter continues. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Elon Musk said last week that $54.20 a share was his best and final offer to take Twitter private. It was unclear if Musk would follow through until yesterday when he announced he secured $46.5 billion in funding. Almost $26 billion of that would be debt financing from Morgan Stanley and other investment banks. And Musk is contributing $21 billion of his own money through equity financing. Bloomberg calculations show the financing Musk secured is about $9 billion, more than what he would need to acquire the 91% of Twitter that he does not already own. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Right, Renita, thank you. And S&P futures down about six points. Down futures down 47. And NASDAQ futures down 21. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street. We're at 52 degrees in Central Park. Couple issues on the roads this morning. There's an accident on the southbound New Jersey Turnpike car lanes, exit 9. And we're still working on a vehicle fire eastbound Route 80 by exit 25. We'll get all the details for you in just a few minutes in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A handyman who was arrested for killing a queen's wife and mother of two made a late-night court appearance. David Bonola is accused of stabbing Ursula Gall, whose stabbed body was found in a duffel bag last Saturday. NYPD Detective Chief James Essek. Mr. Bonella is a handyman who was employed by Mrs. Gall. They have been having an intimate affair for approximately two years. Chief Essex says a heated argument ensued between the two in the basement and Gall was stabbed more than 50 times. A panel of New York appellate judges have ruled that state Democrats engaged in gerrymandering when drawing new congressional district boundaries for the next decade. In a divided 3-2 ruling, the majority found the congressional map was unconstitutional. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy told other GOP lawmakers shortly after the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot that he would urge then-President Donald Trump to resign. That's according to an audio recording posted by the New York Times. The Times reports that the audio is a recording of a January 10th conversation among House GOP leaders in which they discussed the Democratic effort to remove Trump from office. The only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should be done. Earlier yesterday, after the Times published its initial story describing the conversation, McCarthy released a statement calling it totally false and wrong. 
The Florida House gave final passage to a bill that would dissolve Walt Disney World's private government. It escalates a feud between Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and Disney over its opposition to a measure that critics have dubbed the Don't Say Gay Law. Polls show Emmanuel Macron is closer to winning another term against nationalist leader Marine Le Pen ahead of the presidential runoff ballot on Sunday. The gap between the two of them has widened since April 10th to about 12 percentage points. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia will be testifying under oath today in a legal challenge to remove her from next month's Republican primary ballot. Buying a piece of Hollywood history had crowds lining up around the Los Angeles home of the late Jeopardy host Alex Trebek. Hundreds of Trebek's items are on sale through Sunday, including a director's chair with his name on it. This man waited in line for two hours but said the trip was well worth it. I got myself a nice little bottle of whiskey that I'm going to toast Alex Trebek tonight when I watch Jeopardy. I got this lovely tie and one of his canes. But I tell you, most of the fun is just being at his house. Very cool. Some other items included ornate rugs, books, sculptures, and autographed memorabilia. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. What is a great story. Thank you, Michael. 5.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. Yankees are going for their first series sweep of the season, but failed to score against ex-Yank Michael Pineda in the Detroit bullpen. Tigers won 3-0. Jordan Montgomery pitched well, but lost. Yanks had a chance. Eighth inning. They were down one nothing. Had the bases loaded with one out. Failed to score. And then bottom of the eighth, Tigers scored twice as Austin Meadows, who always killed the Yankees while he was with Tampa Bay, Blooped in a two-run double. Aaron Boone chose to walk Miguel Cabrera intentionally to pitch to Meadows. That infuriated Tiger fans who were there to see Cabrera get career hit number 3,000. Here's Boone on his decision. Look, it's a baseball call all the way, you know, but but there, there's no doubt that there's a little more, like, you know, feeling to it, right, when you're, uh, you know, understanding the situation. So, um, you know, but in the end, you got to go with what you think is 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 right within the within the context of the game. The Tigers are home this weekend, so Cabrera figures to still reach the milestone at home. Yankees now come home to play the Cleveland Guardians tonight. Mets in Arizona, they beat the Giants at City Field six to two. Francisco Lindor continues his hot hot start. He batted two thirty last season. Lindor's at three oh eight, just hit his already fourth home run of the season. Another win for the Rangers, their fourth in a row, fifty first of the season. 6-3 over the Islanders as Andrew Kopp had the hat trick before the first period was over. Artemi Panarin assisted on all three, later got another. He's got 73 assists. Chris Kreider now has 51 goals. Rangers visit the Bruins tomorrow afternoon. NBA playoffs, three game threes, all won by the road teams. Golden State at Denver for a 3 nothing series lead. Dallas at Utah to go up 2-1, and Mad Star Luka Doncic has yet to play in this series. Memphis up 2-1 on Minnesota. The Grizzlies came from 26 down to win. Three more Game 3s tonight. And then tomorrow, Nets-Celtics. Game 3 in Brooklyn with the Celts going for a 3 nothing lead. Kevin Durant looking to shake off the two subpar games that he played in Boston. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. It's 538 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Still looking for a Hamptons rental? It's going to be expensive. Properties are being listed at record prices for the summer season with beachside mansions offered for more than a million bucks a month. It's a bet by landlords that demand for luxury rentals on eastern Long Island will be hot for a third year in a row. 
New Jersey's hotels are expected to see nearly $900 million less in revenue from business travel this year than in 2019, the last full year before the pandemic. That's according to a study by the American Hotel and Lodging Association. Connecticut's one step closer to enacting comprehensive consumer privacy legislation. Senate Bill 6 was approved this week. It would give consumers the right to opt out of the processing and sale of their personal data and ask that their data be deleted. It would also require companies to limit the collection of personal data. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. It's 539 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. Steve Potus, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about coffee prices rising again. I'm Courtney Donahoe on WoWo in Fort Wayne. GM and Honda are in talks about expanding their electric vehicle partnership. I'm Denise Pellegrini, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting on hiring efforts for that new Mars Wrigley Innovation Center. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting Deloitte is downsizing its downtown Detroit office footprint. And those are some of the stories. Our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. Another story we're watching. Traders are betting the European Central Bank will kick off an increase to borrowing costs in three months to dampen inflation. Money markets are now pricing in a quarter point hike in both July and September. That would be enough to take the ECB's deposit rate to zero. Right now, S&P futures are down seven points. Dow futures down 53, Nasdaq futures down 27 points, the 10-year Treasury is down 8.30 seconds, the yield 2.94%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly to mostly sunny today with a high near 70 degrees. Partly sunny, low 60s tomorrow, upper 60s to around 70 under a mix of sun and clouds on Sunday. Right now, 52 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. In U.S. Treasuries tumbling, U.S. stock index futures are lower. Investors weighing Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's willingness to embrace bigger rate hikes earlier in the tightening cycle. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down 11 points, Dow futures down 73, NASDAQ futures down 49. The DAX in Germany is down 1.5%. The 10-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds, yield 2.94%. The yield on the two-year, 2.75%. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.6% on a $1.65 at $102.17 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 2 tenths percent or $3.60 at 1944.60 an ounce. The euro, 1.08 against the dollar. British pound 1.2865. The yen is at 128.46. And Bitcoin lower down six tenths percent at $40,370. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. The U.S. is sending a new batch of military equipment to Ukraine to help that country battle the Russian invasion. Among the new hardware are new Phoenix Ghost drones. Philadelphia health officials say they're ending the city indoor mask mandate abruptly reversing course just days after people in the city had to start wearing masks again amid a sharp increase in infections. According to the Philadelphia Health Department, there has been decreasing hospitalizations and a leveling of case counts. 
In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors beat the Nuggets 118-113 to take a commanding three games to zip lead in that series. In MLB, the Yankees, Red Sox, and Nationals lost. The Mets beat the Giants 6-2. The A's beat the Orioles 6-4. In the NHL, the Rangers beat the Islanders 6-3. The Devils and Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Michael, thank you. It is 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's look at this market now. For that, we're joined by Patrick Palfrey, co-head of Quantitative Research, Senior Equity Strategist at Credit Suisse. Patrick, it's always great to speak with you. I know you've been pretty bullish on the stock market in the past, but can the momentum continue with a war on and a Fed tightening? Well, we think the momentum can actually continue, and I think here investors need to be uh, selective in the stocks that they're looking at. What the concern really is is around deceleration, and here's the thing. We agree with that narrative. We're coming out of an economic bounce, and there's headwinds like you suggested, and the economy is decelerating. That's a natural process in this economic cycle as we move towards the, the very short middle innings of the economic cycle. That said, there's still opportunities out there. We're still seeing tremendous fundamental strength coming from many portions of the market. Cyclicals are at the big area where that's happening, and that's where we're encouraging investors to look. It's not ubiquitous in terms of this strength, but we think there are definitely places where investors can be and still see decent returns. So are you thinking then that even if the Fed does front-load interest rate hikes over the next few meetings, that it won't have much of an impact on corporate earnings? Corporate earnings, we do not believe so. And, and here's the truth. Right now, we're expected to see for 2022 nominal GDP of 9%. That is tremendous growth, and that's what's propelling revenues as high as we are. Investors are concerned around the margin story, and we can definitely debate how much input costs actually matter in terms, of the, in terms of the pressure that people are seeing. But in reality, with revenues that strong, you're going to see very strong fixed cost leverage, and that offsets some of the incremental headwinds from, from input costs and from labor costs, which generally get passed on um, throughout the business cycle. Of course, we've seen a flattening yield curve. At times, we've seen an inverted yield curve. Is the bond market getting it wrong? Well, I think it depends on which yield curve you're looking at. So the, the one at which you reference is the, the 10 minus 2 spread, and that inverted at a point in time. I think what has happened there is the middle end of the curve has aggressively priced in the Fed response to inflation, and it should. Uh, I think if you take a, a step back and look at different maturities of the yield curve, for example, starting with the three-month to the 10-year, you see something that is still tremendously steep. And put in the context of the strength we're seeing from other economic data, that's where we think investors should look. Are you thinking that we could see something like 75 basis point moves? We've heard a number of analysts, including Nomura, most recently making that call. Do you think the Fed gets that aggressive? It's possible. I think in reality, going back to where GDP is, the Fed policy that we're going to experience this year, even if they get to a two-and-a-half point by the end of the year, is still massively easy relative to the strength that we are seeing in this economic cycle. So if we're talking whether it's 50 or 75, I think that's less important than if we take a look at the context of Fed policy over the course of the year against the economic backdrop. And they are still, relative to where they should be, still quite easy given how strong the economic backdrop is.
Well, what about the impact, though, of the war in Ukraine and the potential for uh, further volatility in the commodity space? I mean, that's got to have an impact on equities as well, doesn't it? That impact is being more pronounced within Europe, and I think there, um, you know, whether or not you're tracking the economic data close, it, it looks more recessionary, particularly than what we're seeing here in the U.S. So, if you're thinking about the impact of commodities, oil and wheat, uh, particularly agricultural commodities, volatility remains high, and we're frankly we're seeing volatility high across a lot of areas, including other fixed income areas as well. Um, but but when I look at U.S. equities, they appear to be more insulated from the disruptions that we're seeing. Uh, out of Ukraine. So global investors, particularly those in Europe, it's a it's much more difficult environment than what we're experiencing here in the U.S. All right. Thanks for this, Patrick. Great having your thoughts this morning. Patrick Palfrey is co-head of Quant Research, senior equity strategist at Credit Suisse. Karen. All right, Nathan, it is 553 on Wall Street. Time for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Multi-state tax commission attorney says states have to decide quickly on how they will treat non-fungible tokens or NFTs for tax purposes. Stone Brewing was ordered to stop using the slogan, Keep It Juicy, on boxes of its hazy IPA until a trademark dispute with Sycamore Brewing is resolved. Sycamore makes a beer called Juiciness IPA. A federal judge refused to sign off on a $1.3 million settlement between a Duncan franchisee in New York and an employee who sought unpaid wages on behalf of more than 1,000 and other workers. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, thank you, Jeff. Another legal story we're watching. Elon Musk says he has lined up financing to buy Twitter. In a filing with the SEC, Musk said he's exploring what's known as a tender offer to buy all of the social media platform's common stock for $54.20 a share in cash. Even with the funding secured, taking over Twitter will not be easy. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Alan Capen, a partner at Feral Fritz. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. Does he have enough to buy Twitter outright? Well, it appears that he does now with the commitments that he's received between his own equity commitment and the debt commitments from the syndicate of banks that he does have enough to fund the offer he has made for Twitter. Now, that's not to say that the board will accept his offer. If the board does not accept his offer, he is at least threatening right now to go hostile, to go straight to the stockholders and offer to purchase their shares directly. Tell me what you think Musk is really up to with this filing. Well, I have to say that before this, I was not quite convinced that he was serious about acquiring Twitter. I thought that he you know, sort of can go either way. If it worked out, great. If not, he could exert pressure from the sidelines to do what we know he wants to do, which is to bring about certain changes in the product and the operations of Twitter. This filing shows that he's a little bit more serious than it appeared before, because now he's got the funding. And he also said in the SEC filing that another condition that he had expressed before is no longer a condition to his offer, which is business due diligence. 
So two major conditions have now gone away. One is the financing condition, and the other one is the business due diligence condition. So the offer looks a lot more credible, and he's got some very serious banks backing him up. That's not to say that the Twitter board will roll over and accept his offer. Three things can happen now from the Twitter board side of things. One is that they could accept the offer. Number two is that they can make a decision to remain independent by asserting that stockholders in the company are better off by remaining independent and pursuing the corporate strategy. Or three, they can find what's called a white knight, another company that they feel is more friendly to the board and is more in line with the corporate strategy. All right, and that's Alon Capin, a partner at Farrell Fritz, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Again, futures this morning are lower with S&P futures down 17 points, Dow futures down 120, and NASDAQ futures down 66. Ten-year Treasury down 730 seconds, yield 2.93%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.75%. Well, still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. This is Bloomberg. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.